Hello everyone, welcome back to the second half of our live Sunday show. And if you are listening to this, this will be the start of the podcast, um, which we obviously put out every Monday. We're on the hot topic section of the show. And as we tweeted earlier and as we mentioned, we've got three hot topics for you today. We've got the European Super League and the idea of that. We've also got the Van Dyke injury and how the Liverpool replace a player like Van Dyke, particularly in a position so important like centre-half. And then we've got our chat about Meza Ozil and the death of the luxury player. So we'll make a start then. And we'll make a start, as we've mentioned, with the European Super League. Now, Zach, this week it's come out that, surprise, surprise, Liverpool may not <laughs> after not getting their way with Project Big Picture, have now said, OK, we'll just start a European Super League. Uh, at the minute... It's going to be 18 European clubs. And it's they want it to replace the Euro, Euro, the Champions League in 2022. Which is quick. A couple of years to get this all in. How many years has this been in the pipeline with Agnelli and Juventus though? I mean, he's been gagging for this for at least the best part of, well, 10 years. Yeah. He has, and it's surprising because they're actually on the board of the executive committee at UEFA, yeah. which I'll come on to in a minute. The idea that this is going to be financed through a JP Morgan $6 billion debt financing deal. It's come off the back that of the fact that UEFA have said that payments for the Champions League, for the Europa League, are going to be lower for the next sorry, five years. Due to a six hundred million pound loss in revenue caused, obviously, by COVID. Do you think that United and Liverpool using this as a threat, Dan, to the EFL after not getting their way with Operation Big Picture? What it's called, Project Big Picture Operation, sounds like a <laughs> Operation Desert Storm. Yeah. <laughs> Do you reckon that this is a threat now? They've gone well. F- well, fuck it. We're, we're just. The idea is to run alongside domestic leagues, but you can't have 38 games, 34 games alongside a 38-game season. It's just not, no. not practical. Do you think this is a bit of a threat from the from Liverpool and Man United in particular? Uh, it... Yeah, it does kind of sound like one. What is the... I mean, presumably there's no qualifying criteria for the teams in this competition, right? Not at the moment. So, are we just on the cusp of seeing like Man United B turning out in the Premier League every week? Yeah, it could be. Uh, the way that this is this has gone is that Liverpool United have allegedly participated in talks after the breakdown of Phase One of Project Big Picture. They've Apparently spoken to Arsenal, Spurs, Man City, and Tottenham, Chelsea as well. So that'd be the, the top six going in. Um, and of course, other major European teams: Bayern Munich, Barcelona, both Madrid's, PSG, etc. The idea is that if you are one of the founding members, i.e., you're in the first guys of this European Super League, you don't get relegated from it for twenty years. What? So you'll have a group of 14, I think it was 14 clubs, 
top six and you know the ones in Spain and, and Germany. Four to what in the whole league? In the league, but then what you'll have is that you'll have Two. space there for between four and six teams to get promoted into that competition through where they finish in their domestic leagues. Does that make sense? Oh, no, it doesn't make sense, but it's intentionally not supposed to make sense, right? This doesn't work if you still care about your domestic league. Well, you don't, do you? I mean, I, I worked out that if you win the Champions League, because this is what they want to take place of the Champions League, you play 13 games, six group games, uh, seven knockout games. So 13 in total. If you want to win this, you've got to play at least... From, the, from what I've read and what I've researched into this, you've got to play at least 34 games. It's another league. Hmm. So you're taking the best out of every other league in Europe? Well, no, they stay yeah. in the domestic leagues. So on a Saturday, Sunday, you'll play in the English Premier League. Then midweek, you'll go and play in the European Super League. But that's not going to last. That will last two seasons, a season yeah, that, max. That's not sustainable. No. Not when you've got World Cups. I mean, the FA Cup will be binned off. The League Cup, as we've already spoken about, will be gone. We're in a a situation at the moment where clubs are dying because of match day revenue. And Mm. this is true even in the Premier League. What do you think your match day revenue is going to be if the big games of your season are midweek every week? They're not. They're going to end up putting them on at a weekend. Because you're going to get more people spending more money watching... Arsenal play Real Madrid on a Saturday. Then you are. Then you are Arsenal Arsenal West Brom. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And if it is a Super League, every fixture is just going to be, you know. I mean, if you're you're playing Burnley, if you're playing Burnley on Saturday, knowing you've got Barcelona midweek, are you going to put out your first team? Of course, you fucking not. Absolutely not. No, absolutely not. Yes, and and especially if what I mean, what do you care about? Most, but I mean, presumably the prize money for this Super League would be three or four times what you're earning from the Premier League anyway. Oh, yeah, you thought so. You're well, secured, it's about six billion quid. You're secured it for 20 years if you're a founding member. And uh, like, why do you even care about the Premier League at that point? You don't. You, I mean, these clubs would probably not even bother registering for it and they'd just join the EFL instead, which was part of the mm. reason... Parry was so keen on Project Big Picture, right? Because if they didn't get their way... That and the massive backhand he was going to get. That work, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Um, and surprise, surprise, FIFA. Love the Love idea it. of this. They yeah. are, oh, they can't get enough of it. Um, they've backed it. They've come out and said, yep, this is a brilliant idea. Um, UEFA, on the other hand, Infantano has said, nah. He's, oh, you mean he's not keen on the idea? No, he's not. No, he's not keen of his best players and the best teams not having the Champions League. Mm. Um, he's not keen on it. Why is it Man United and Liverpool that are starting at all? Because they're worth the most money. So, okay. And Real Madrid, apparently, as well, are oh, the third team that we're in talks. But Perez, Florentino Perez, has been another one of these, like, we need to have a European Super League. Right. Um, yeah, they've got to buy back their training ground soon, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they can sell it again. Yeah, whenever they need a, another perk up financially from the fucking government. Um, but at the minute, UEFA are in talks <clears throat> with clubs to increase the Champions League size from thirty-two to thirty-six teams in the group stages. 
um, in 2024. Now, this is going to be an absolute legal minefield, according to what I've read. I mean, you've got TV contracts that don't run out until 2024 anyway. So if you're ITV or your Sky or BT Sports, who've obviously got the rights in, in the UK, and you've paid out till 2024, you're not going to be very happy Is in 2022. <laughs> Barcelona, Real Madrid, Liverpool, Man United. Yeah, I mean, it it seems like the only, the only legal problems there wouldn't be for the clubs. They would be for the, the stakeholders of the league. And the fact is that Liverpool don't have to be in the Premier League. They can just join the EFL, right? Potentially, but then you'd have to say who drops out, who the, drops EFL out the EFL to make up for... And then that's a legal challenge on, yeah. that, on that case. Yeah, but I mean, what would you do? If the top six teams from the Premier League all said, I'll tell you what, actually we're going to join the EFL, and the EFL just kicked out the bottom six teams that finished this year Yeah. and didn't promote the rest of... The, they could they could give the teams that should have been promoted and weren't 1% of the revenue that would be generated from television from the six teams moving down to the FL and that would be more money than any of these clubs would ever need to survive in the leagues they're in. Yeah, I mean, I suppose the argument would be that well, if you were to put them into the FL, sorry Dan. Uh, no, I was just thinking... I mean, that might be all right, but from a fan's perspective, they're just going, look, we'll give you a load of money, but you've got to drop down a league. Yeah, it's, it's well, it's what, what do you want more? Do you want money, off. or do you want well, do you want potentially financial survival, particularly nowadays? And this is, I find it quite interesting, this has come around during COVID, when it's almost like they were waiting for something like this to happen. And then it's like, right, now we've got them over the barrel. It, it, yeah, it's just an opportunity to tighten the screws. Mm. Yeah and test the resolve of the leagues and the clubs. I mean, this would splinter UEFA away from FIFA completely, almost. This would, there'd be, be two separate entities, and they, FIFA wouldn't control UEFA like they do now. This would be UEFA going, we'll have all the money. We'll take all, we've got the biggest players, the best players. I know Common Bowl and CONCACAF, that's, the um, South American, Central American uh, federations aren't happy by it um, because obviously their champions play the European champions. Mm. And it's the only real exposure they get um, in in Europe um, during, the, during the Super League. Um, as expected, a lot of the clubs involved have kept very quiet on the math. Um Liverpool haven't come out of anything yet. Man United have said, oh, Woodward, has come out and said, oh, no, it was never mentioned. We're just on about the Champions League being expanded from 32 to 36. And this interesting point that you made, Zach, about Juve is the fact that Juve and PSG, I can't believe PSG are on the executive committee, but they're on the UEFA executive committee. So they've been quiet because they need to keep UEFA happy. Because UEFA don't want this. But Juve, as you said, do completely want this yeah they've wanted it for ages and every so often he'll insist on having a vote and then everyone has to club together and go through loads of hassle to put him back in his box <laughs> but it looks like this is going to be another 
I mean, common sense says this is just going to be another thing that peters out once the big six clubs get what they want, which is more money. Mm-hmm. Dan, do you think this will be the end of football as we know it? If this goes ahead. Quite possibly. I think the yeah, yeah. I mean, you're just turning it into businesses, aren't you? And a money-making machine. You never be able to have a season ticket, would you, for this European Cup? No. You can. Five one week while yeah, yeah, you would. Yeah, you would. You can. Clubs offer European season tickets anyway. To. No, as I said, you, you couldn't afford it. As in the flying. No, I don't think the, the regular fan. Oh, would, no, no, the no, regular no. fan won't be able to no, afford the, the, the home and away season ticket. Wouldn't be a thing, but no. Okay. I don't think you could afford seventeen away trips to Europe <laughs> every season. It would just be no. But then, what, does that really matter? Do you no, do you no. turn around and go? Well, I'll tell you what. Part of the deal is you don't have away fans. Yeah. And you just get to cram even more home supporters in who are going to spend even more money. Yeah, but you want away fans. I don't think they'll care. They, they, they don't care. There's no fans there. No, because yeah, I suppose it's not for the big for the big clubs. It's not going. It's not a problem if they don't have footfall. There's there's a, a famous stat that used to go around that Everton could sell out Goodison Park on match day and still not make as enough money as Man United if Man United has only sold their boxes and had not a single fan in the seat at Old Trafford. Yeah, I remember reading a couple of years ago that. I think Spurs and Liverpool were about the only two teams that would survive if you took away match day money from mm. their books. Really? Yeah, they, they they could get by without having fans in the stadiums and still make money. Well, this this was before Spurs had a mortgage to pay on a stadium. Yeah. I mean, Manchester United can't, right? There's, it's been in the press all this week about how much debt they're in. And this has got to be another motivating factor in the trying to do this, is if you make 30% of the entire revenue for the Premier League and you have, you have to share it, yeah, that's not... You, you're going to be... Yeah, not, you're, not, you're not going to be happy with it, are you? Um, we just had somebody post onto the Facebook page a link to the game. Deleted. Thank you very much. Um, please don't post links to games in there. Didn't come up here. No, I don't think they follow us. So uh, okay. No, it's because it's got a link in. Because if it's got hyperlink, it won't show up on the uh, thing. Okay. Oh, we're not. No. Oh, good. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> I would. I would almost say if it was a, if it was a fourteen ninety five game, I would, I would almost praise you for doing that. But because um, it's not. No. Um, <laughs> so that is the. European Super League. I said there's been a few uh, teams that have not have not said anything. So you could, the other ones who haven't said anything is the two German teams going to be involved Bayern and Dortmund because there'll be a fucking mutiny from the fans. Yeah, when yeah. we've seen it before with German fans at Arsenal, Dan, when Bayern Munich fans yeah. came over and were like we're not paying 120 quid to watch a game of football when our season tickets are 200 quid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They came in the game late, didn't they? Yes. Yeah, that was it. And if you had, is it Cologne were there as well a couple of seasons ago, and they they had a big protest about yeah. it. Um, right, obviously, they're not going to say anything because their fans would kick off and go, "Well, fuck, we're not going to the games," and they would they would rather not go. Yeah, they've they've got it right. 
Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And that's why they're paying twenty euros for a ticket to a game, mm. and they have some fundamental say on the board of directors. Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Bayern Munich were the best team in Europe last year by an absolute fucking mile. So it's not it's not doing their looking any... like it again this year. Well, they won yeah. every they won every game, didn't they? They won everything, yeah. In the Champions League, they like, won every game. Every game, did they? Yeah, oh, I didn't realize that. Well, fair play. Yeah, class. That's definitely there for one that they won. And Lev scored a hat trick yesterday. Really? Yeah. He's a great player. To be He's fair a to fucking him. great player. Like a fine wine. He's a beast. Um, so yeah, we'd be interested to know your comments. Don't forget, guys, you can get in touch with us on our social media channels. They are working. If you follow us, and don't send us links to football games, um, on Facebook, on Twitter, at the Bear Online, and uh, of course on our YouTube channel on the live chat if you're watching us come and do say hello we had a viewer from Brazil and Mexico last week I think join our live watch along so let us know what you think about the European Super League good idea bad idea probably bad idea but it sounds fucking horrific it does uh, that is Dan's view on it sounds fucking <laughs> horrific that's the, that's the libero line on this one for that one so we'll make a move on to our our next topic and next topic is the Van Dyke injury at Liverpool. Um, obviously, I went on a bit of a rant last week that may or may not have been captured <laughs> due to some technical difficulties yeah. that we had. Um, Very upset. Yeah, I wasn't particularly happy. Uh, that is probably the best way of saying it. Um, as we all now know, Van Dyke is probably still a little bit very touchy at the minute about, the, about it. They've not given a time frame. No, have they, they haven't, which seems to me that's like it's horrific and it's going to be like two years. Uh, but talk is he's going to at least miss this season and then maybe the Euros as well. So not just bad news for Liverpool, but bad news for Holland as well. The big thing now is uh, how are Liverpool going to... How do you solve a problem like a world-class centre-half not being taken at your team? I think centre-half, lads, is different than any other players on the pitch. When you make a mistake centre-half generally leads to a goal or a very good opportunity. Whereas, Dan, Liverpool could lose Salah and yeah. drop in a Diego Jara and get away with having Mane and Firmino. Vice versa, Firmino drops out. You've, you've got one of your... The, the spine, what creates your spine in your team, you've lost one. Yeah. It's essentially what's happened. Yeah. yeah you've, you've lost one of the vertebrae and yeah. now you've got problems. But, uh, I mean, uh, it's different for each team. Because you can afford to lose, lose Mane or Salah, and you've still got cover yeah. for those. You just don't have cover for a player like Van Dijk. Unless and you it, had Sergio Ramos. Like, it, it would be different if you had two world-class centre-backs mm. playing for you, and you lost one of them. Yeah, how many teams have two world-class two world-class centre-backs? Probably the last... Barcelona team? P.K. Puyol? Barcelona, yeah. And before that, maybe... Man United, Fernand Vidic. Vidic. Oh, Fernand Vidic, yeah, Fernand Vidic, yeah. Carvalho and Terry, yeah. maybe at Chelsea. Um, very rarely do you have two, I think. But uh, should a team of Liverpool's stature at this point have two of them? Probably. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've seen the goals we've leaked this season. And everybody... We've let 14 goals in six games in the Premier League. Your Matip, your Gomez look considerably better next to him. Oh, I, I could play centre-half a Liverpool next to Van Dijk. Rather than... And I, I would look quality. Yeah. So I wouldn't have to do anything. Um, 
so the options obviously that Liverpool have um, a Gomez who doesn't look half the player he does when he's not next to Van Dijk. No. He's not yet grown into that. Do that you th- player. Do you think he can, or do you think Van Dijk actually papers over cracks at Liverpool that? I think a bit of both. Weren't there. Cause, I think a bit of both. Because Bale did the same for Spurs while he was there, right? He papered over so many mm. cracks in that team because I think of his that, individual performances. Yeah, mm. potentially. I, I think that you... That also goes hand in hand with the fact we've got Alisson as well. Yeah. Um, that spine you, you spoke about, Dan. Um, but Van Dijk would paper over any crack regardless if you had Sergio Ramos next to him or Yeah. Any mistake they make, he would he would mop up. Has it been in the best form this year, though? To be fair to him, since since the restart, he's very casual about things. Very much like I'm the best centre half in the world, and I know I am. Mm. Um, but Gomez, yeah, doesn't look the player. He, uh, Gomez is only 24, 24 mm. 25. So he's still got years left of learning. Hopefully, from Van Dyke. Who you rather? Uh, yeah, I forget his name. Matip. No, no, he's, he's, he's a young chap. You've played him in the cup, and they gave Van Dyke time next to him because Van Dyke. Oh likes yeah, him. Reece Williams. He looks fairly handy. Yeah, well, he was on my list, so we'll go through in a minute. You know, what what the, what different things are? But he looks all right to be fair. Mm. To him. But he's only nineteen. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, he's starting in the Premier League. No, and he was playing against Kidderminster. He was playing for Kidderminster yeah. areas last season. Yeah. Fucking step up. Um, I've heard they're pretty good, though. Yeah. Yeah. They came on against Ajax midweek as well. Um, for four minutes or five minutes. But obviously the other choice is Matip, but he's too injury prone. You can't get five or six games out of him. And he has the ang- the funniest angry walk ever. I don't know if I sent you guys into it. Yeah, you did. Just stomp. The stomp over. Oh, fucking Brent. It's so funny. Um, he's a decent player. He's a very good centre-half. Uh, and then you've got, of course, Fabinho, who was superb midweek against Ajax. Not so superb against a more physical team like Sheffield United. We've got a McBurney going clattering in. And obviously, was it fault for the goal, the penalty? Because he is a DM. Mm. And Pep had this issue last season when Laporte was out injured. It was Fernandinho all the time. Yeah, and... Dan, how many times last season did we see Fernandinho make a stupid rash tackle when he was last man? Or, Or... Hold him back from making a tackle because knowing that he's he's definitely good for a yellow. Yeah. But if you do it as last man, you're off you're off the pitch. It's a red. Yeah, yeah, he did. And I think that's why Fabinho plays better at DM because he knows he can get away with one. Unless it's a super bad tackle, he can get away with you know kicking like a Rodri kicking an ankle as he running past, and you can't do that certain off. No. Um. So I mean that's that's so we've only got three centre halves in a minute in the first team squad, which is of course not ideal if you're pushing for Champions League. And the Premier League. I've had a quick look at what other options are out there for, for Liverpool. Obviously, the other options now go and buy a centre half in December in January. Zach, is it in the fiscal times that we're living in, the fact with COVID, it doesn't make for me any financial sense to go out and spend forty million pounds on a fourth choice centre half. Assuming you spend it on a fourth choice centre half. Yeah, unless you yeah, unless you sell Matip. I don't think he's had a Gomez. Um, no. And he was going to come to Liverpool and sit, play for six months and then sit on the bench. 
what Liverpool need to do is go and buy another world-class centre-half, and it's going to cost you 80 million quid to do it. You got Thiago for, like, nothing. Yeah. Like, the, the money you've saved signing a player of Thiago's quality, you can just spend it on a centre-half. So you think go out and then get a partner for Van, a, a permanent partner for Van Dijk? Yeah. Uh, well, the fact that we don't know what Van Dijk's injury is means that we don't know if he's going to be the same player when he comes back. That's very true. Liverpool should have had two world-class centre-halves anyway and didn't. This is a, It's a no-brainer, I think, that you go and you spend the money. Not on a Ben White, not on a another promising centre-back. Like like yeah. yeah, I've never been a big fan of Barley to be honest. Um, good player, but he's nearly 30. You said you've got well. three centre-backs. Yeah, Matt Ip, uh Gomez and, and Fabinho, who's not even a centre-half. Mm. Um, but the, the options are out there. Ben White, as you mentioned, was one of them heavily linked. Looked good last year at Leeds, who put in three bids from in the summer. But Brighton rejected all three, and then he signed a new contract, which definitely means he's got release clause in there. But what does he add for the rest of the season? Uh, that fourth choice. That's a waste of money. That's a waste of money when you need uh, someone who can step up now. And improve the squad. Yeah. The impact Van, Van Dyke had when he came in in January was massive. Mm. Yeah. You need to sign another player like that. And they are out there, but they're going to cost you 50, 60 million. Dan, do you think that player's day up Upamecano from RB Leipzig, centre-half, 21 years old, French international? I don't know. I haven't seen enough of him to comment. You've played Leipzig a couple of times, Dan. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's fantastic. But, again, you run this risk that you're buying from a foreign league means you have to bed that player in. Look at Havertz. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, right. we loved him, didn't we? But in a Chelsea shirt... Yeah. And looked great. No. The lad that we will. talked about earlier at City. Uh, I mean, he, he would, yeah, he would Diaz, have, yeah, Ruben Diaz, D- yeah. Diaz would have been a player that Liverpool could have looked at. But you're buying him from Portugal. He's so going to take time to bed in. Kerry, <laughs> <laughs> yes, mate. Tell Kenny it's that it's that sexy haircut. Kenny. Yeah, it is. Yeah, he needs yeah. to. Um, it's that fade I got going on. Spaff uh, eighty mil on Harry Maguire. Knows the Premier League inside and out. Uh, yeah, great centre back. Phil Jones. I'm sure you can pick him up for fifteen mil. <laughs> you can pick him up for a packet of crisps. <laughs> Pat Chris and man job. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I think the interesting the, about Upamecano is the fact that he's just on a new contract, but he's got a fee, a minimum fee release clause that kicks in in the summer, 38 million quid. That is a steal, whichever you look at, 38 million pound now for a centre-half. He's played in Europe, played in Champions League finals. Yeah, that, that means there's a deal already done for him. That, that, that would be my That's suspicion buying. about that. Mm. Yeah. But for me, that would be buying, considering that they're going to have Hummels. Hummels already gone, hasn't he? Um, Alaba. Probably gone. He's thirty-three, thirty-four now, isn't yeah. he? Um, and then, like you said, Dan, the other option was Reese Williams. 
bring 19 year old your fourth choice centre half and bring him on if, in an emergency if you need to have him for a few games I think you liked him you said yeah you I, did, right. I did and Van Dyke's a big fan of him he asked yeah, very I wanna... similar haircuts as well. well he said look I want some time with him in those cup games and he gave him uh, 60 minutes and uh, 45 minutes yeah he played against uh, Lincoln mm. uh, that was a 60 minute game uh, in the EFL against Van Dyke well 45 with Van Dyke played the whole game but played 45 with Van Dyke um, and then came on and said for the last four or five minutes against Ajax when they were really pushing for a goal midweek and he, he won the headers he was fucking batting them away Klaus Van Hunt I don't have a chance against him just, like, just knocking them away yeah, big I, strong lad I, mean, I, I think you play with what yeah. you've got yeah I mean the only issue I would have is what we said before was the fact that last year is it Kidman at the Harris but saying that the year before Kane scored 20 goals is at Millwall so it may very well be that Klopp is looking at him and going yeah he's just the solution to the problem but actually, at the moment, we're still winning games. We still got three centre halves. I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to wait until we have a really bad game, and then that will motivate the change. Mm. My but, option and my outsides bet. Jamie Carragher. Of course, yeah, doing a Jamie Carragher. Yeah, if, like, yeah, if, you said, yeah, yeah, if Chelsea have defrosted. <laughs> defrosted. <laughs> A check. Like pop, a, the, pop the sounds pop like the app back on. Sounds like a choc yeah. ice. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's been Check on. Ice. He's been on. Ice. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's the title. This there week. we go. Um, yeah, I mean, if he, if he's back in their Champions League squad, why not get Jamie Carragher back in still the gym? Still time for you, Cara. There's still time. It's still boxes. Get Premier League winners medal. Yeah, can't see why not. My option was Ezekiel Garay. Ex Real Madrid, Benfica, Valencia, CB, 34 years old, 32 caps for Argentina, gone on free. Six month deal. We done it with Stephen Corker from QPR. Getting an old head. Yeah, just some. My worry is he had a big injury. It, big injury. That's why he didn't play. Why Valencia went, we're not going to keep you for the last six months because you're out for, with an ACL or yeah. cruciate ligament injury. And at 34, you struggled it over him at 24. I think the only person is Zlatan. He's obviously had one, but just because he's a beast, obviously still playing Yeah, that injury, he scared that injury off. Yeah. <laughs> How dare the ACL. Yeah. Affects Zlatan, but I think... Nice try. <laughs> Better like next time. <laughs> I, I, I think he'll go with you, one of the young lads, until, obviously until this January. can't do fuck all now until January anyway. No. I think he should. I think he should. And just, you know, give him... We're out the EFL. Um, just, yeah, chuck him in here and then we're three like, with ten minutes left against... Not West Ham, because obviously we've seen them throw. <laughs> we know West Ham can come back from games, but, you know, give him... Give well, him... there ain't nothing that having a good centre-off is going to do about a Lanzini. <laughs> no. Thunderbass. Thunderbass. Yeah. You could have three centre-offs that are quality, but... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, there's a couple of options there for Liverpool, for Klopp. Um... Man City went down the route of putting Fernandinho down there. Didn't really work last year. And obviously, Liverpool won the league at Canada. So we'll move on then, guys, to our last hot topic for the week, which is the Times article about Mesut Ozil. And you, something you brought up, Zach, you wanted to talk about, is is it the death of the luxury player? Yeah, I mean, that was the tenor of the article anyway, wasn't it? But... Yeah. You remember who who was it by? James, James Gearbrand. James Gearbrand. In the Times, have a read of it if you can. But death of a luxury player. The death he was on about Urza, wasn't player. he? Yeah, he was the 
the headline was something like Meza Ozil is a player in an era where no one cares about art anymore. And that we're all just too concerned with this Gengen press. <laughs> and players actually doing more than their job title. It, Dan, I, is, is the game now, Dan, a, a, a team is more than some of their parts? Is the some of their parts now? Rather than having that one fancy Dan player who can you know, let him run off and do whatever he wants. Yeah, I don't think you can have that anymore. I mean, especially taking Ozil. I mean, you're an Arsenal fan. Talk to us about Ozil. I mean, when he does show years. up, he hasn't for a long, long time. Yeah, he's a good player, but even when he's a good player, he's only a good player going forward. He's not going to stick a foot in. If he does, he's a bit woolly about it. He's not tracking back. It's just you've got to do more work than that. I mean, I look at the team now, and I'll, you know, you see Aubameyang. He ha- he never did it until Arteta came in, and he's bombing back. You know, putting in challenges down his own neck of the woods. You know, that's I think that's what it's about. There was a, there was a, a quote in the article saying he's a victim of the zeitgeist around artistic artistic players, whatever an artistic player is. But Zach, he's got to do it week in and week out of training. It sounds like he's not even doing that. There's a reason why we don't pick a player like Mesut Ozil. The, I think Dan's quote yesterday was the best thing. He's Yeah, he's like a work of art because he's rarer than a Banksy when he shows up. <laughs> yeah. It's true, though. And you can't, you can't have that. If like, I know I likened him to Silver when we were chatting about it, but Silver did it week in, week out, created play. Yeah. Um, Do you think it's a problem at Arsenal? Because the same thing happened to Sanchez... Maybe even Fabregas to a yeah. to a yeah. to a degree, or maybe we've just always it could be we've just always had that one player, but now it's like yeah I'm sorry but football's not played like that anymore. Hmm. The, the the very yeah, success and it, and it isn't. I mean, you look at the best midfielders in the world today. They're they're your KDBs. You know, they're not that. I'm just going to swan about and not do much. Yeah. I think you look at the very successful... We'll keep it on Arsenal just because I think it's an interesting transition, the fact that you were so successful in the 90s mm. when you had a team. Yes, you had one or two standout players. Thierry Henry, Patrick Vieira's. But never ones, you never saw Thierry Henry shirking his responsibilities. No. but I think he had a, he had a, you know, He's a moody Frenchman, isn't he? I, I think back then, though, if you did something one of your teammates would call you out and the manager wouldn't have to deal with that it's a very good thing I think that what you, what Arsenal in particular have, have lacked for many years is a leader on that pitch yeah, someone who's going to go and kick some ass and say you're fucking shit yeah I think they tried it with Xhaka but he ain't the man but it backfired massively yeah the, you can't turn around and tell a player like Ozil is shit when you're Granite Xhaka yeah right? exactly yeah and I think but if you're a Patrick Vieira or an, or, or an Adams, yeah. who fucking get involved, and then if you, you fucked up, and you've got him shouting down at you, yeah, you're gonna buck your ideas. But it just seems no one wants to take that responsibility. It's almost it's like, oh, I can't. You might get upset. Mm. So no, fucking do it. I think also it doesn't help the fact that, and I will stick up for Ozil a little bit here. The fact that the manager who signed him isn't there anymore, Wenger. Mm. Wenger's football was artistic, wasn't it? It's like a nice little. Passing yeah, but he also signed that new contract knowing Wenger was leaving. 
yeah, true. Yeah, that's a good point. But we would try to well, pass... Well, so would I at 350 grand a week, yeah. to be fair. We would yeah. try to pass it into the back of the net until yeah. they just stuck 11 men behind the ball and then we would have no plan B. Yeah, and that, I think that's what it is. I think it's the same. And what the article alluded to as well was Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool. And like you said before, this obsession now with pressing high up the pitch, every player working hard forward as they working backwards as hard as they were going forwards. And that's, again, with regards to this plan B. Liverpool didn't have a plan B. Our plan A was give the ball to Philip Coutinho and let him Hopefully try ping, and win you the game. On, yeah. Now, Coutinho also had that free role where you couldn't, you didn't expect him to track back and make a tackle on the edge of his own box. But then Klopp went, hold oh, on a minute, we'll sell him, 130 million quid, and then we'll build a system. And we've just picked players out might be unconventional. Ginny Wijnaldum's was relegated with Newcastle. Obviously, Andy Robertson, the famous one, mm. coming in from Hull for eight million quid. But they work a system. They work together as a unit, as an eleven. This this huge sort of organic machine that floats around just suffocates the life out of teams. If you've got an Urzel, you can't do that. You can't have a player like us who's just swanning around doing whatever he wants or think of. And I think that's why Paul Pogba struggles. So I think for France, yeah. he has that because he has, as we said before, Kante Matuidi sat in the sat in a gun. We'll take two players yeah. out of our game. Yeah. Paul, you go and do what you want, mate. Cause you can go and win us a game because he's a great footballer. Yeah, because you're looking for Griezmann and Mbappe. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's why I think Pogba struggles because he just gets swallowed up in games now. Mm. If he thinks he can just go and walk around in a football game anymore, I think it's it's gone. But the interesting one is at the minute, and this is a conversation we've had, it seems, week after week. Grealish. Zach falls into that. Maybe luxury player. Or maybe he was certainly a luxury player. Maybe not anymore. He does a lot of hard work for Villa. He carries yeah. that team. He carries Villa. Yeah. I mean, Ozil would put in the odd good performance, but... Would... For an entire season, Jack Grealish carried Villa and he kept them in the Premier League. Fucking 100%. Southgate doesn't rate him. Or doesn't like him. Southgate, I think might Southgate be doesn't know his best team. And I don't think Southgate has a plan at all anymore. So, Do you think this is why, Zach, that Grealish isn't getting a game for England? Because he doesn't trust him. Because he, he, he still thinks... <laughs> He still thinks he's this luxury player. And Southgate is trying to find, have this game compressing 11. Is he, though? It, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he does is. He, does he know? I does, don't he, think... does he know what he wants? That's, I mean, that's not what I see from England. And how are you going to play a Gengen press? When your centre back is Harry Maguire? <laughs> and, and Declan Rice in the middle of the park. Like, you, can't, you can't commit those players forward because they ain't tracking back. Yeah. How's Harry Maguire going to cope playing the way that England play against Mbappe? Well, he got sent off against Denmark making a tackle in his own yeah. <laughs> in their off. So, yeah, I can, I can see why he would. Although, yeah, I think that's probably just he was having a day where he forgot where he was. Probably forgot which team he played for. Mm. Uh, so, so it is, are the players like Ozil dead now, now Dan? With um, regards to that, can you now I have, don't if, think, to be a top team, can you have a player who plays that free I role? think you can, but I think 
Ozil doesn't help himself. I don't think he's good enough to be that luxury player. No. If he if he wasn't tracking back, wasn't getting into challenges, but was constantly assisting and popping up with the odd goal, I don't think you can get too much complaints. But when you're trying to do that, but you're not assisting, that's when, and you're not helping the team to score goals, that's when everybody starts to go, yeah, he never puts a foot in, he never fucking runs back. They'll see all that negative, whereas if you work hard... The positive out, out, outweighs it, I think. Yeah. The trouble is, there is nothing really that positive to say about him, mm. which is why, as him as a luxury player, yeah, you, you can't afford him in your team. I mean, you look at Coutinho, who was Liverpool's best player for two or three years, mm. without a shadow of a doubt, certainly under Klopp's first couple of years, maybe Brendan Rodgers last year as well. He's gone to Barcelona, hasn't worked out. He's gone to Bayern. Hasn't worked out. He's not even apart from the Champions League winning. No. Yeah, I know, but he's not playing week in, week week out. Do you know what I mean? He's not a starter for Bayern Munich. Um, Whereas Sane will go in and probably be a starter. Yeah, I think he is. But it's sort of Sane, Nabry, and in Lewandowski, isn't it? The, mm. the, the front three. It's not bad, is it? Um, but I read an interesting thing in that article was that it looked at the three, of the top five chance creations players from from last season. So Luis Alberto in Italy. At Lazio hasn't played for Spain in three years. Uh, Grealish has played now once for England, but obviously yeah, isn't fancied. And uh, the, as a lad at Atalanta who hasn't played for Argentina in five years, and all these players who players who are creating chances and being these artistic mm. players uh, and not getting chances at, at any mm. level. So maybe it is slightly dying out into this new what all for one. You'll give your pound of flesh. Be interesting to see. Be interesting to see. Be interesting where Urzel goes next as well. So obviously he's going to go in January, isn't he? Um, just think so. Get that off the wage bill. Well, Gunnosaurus won't be happy. <laughs> well, no. Well, we might be able to afford to get him back. When Urzel goes. If he goes. Mm. No, there's got to be a player Real Madrid looking to get rid of that Arsenal will be straight in for that won't work and they'll overpay <laughs> for. I bet he goes to Man United. <laughs> uh, so that is the end of our hot topic section so uh, we've decided that Liverpool are fucked about Van Dijk uh, Super League's a bad idea Super and Ozil to United in January exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so if you are on listening the last day of deadline day yeah. <laughs> if you are listening to us on our podcast this is where our podcast will end thank you very much for listening to us